Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Bob Getty. I'm in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander up in Indianapolis at the Motor Speedway. Going to be talking to Kelly a little later in the show. Also going to be talking to former Philadelphia Eagle and Golden Eagle Todd Pinkston this hour. Looking forward to that. Opening segment of the show, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our program and Southern Miss. Great food seven days a week, and the perfect place to call if tailgating is on your mind. Uh, home game, first home game just a few weeks away. Uh, call Dickie's, get it all set up. You'll have the tailgate that people will be talking about all season long. Appreciate all that Dickie's Barbecue does for the Eagle Hour. All right, starting on the show today, Heath Hinton, the proprietor and owner of Big Gold Nation, the guy that keeps an ear close to the Southern Miss uh, world. Heath, I know you're monitoring football practice very closely. You had some interesting comments to me before we went on the air. Your observations of of how the first week of fall camp has worked out for the Golden Eagles. I think it's been an excellent fall camp. I think Coach Hall's come in with a game plan and – done some things that are different. One of the biggest things is the short practice time. Uh, two and a half hours, they're off the field. The players love it. Uh, in the previous regime, you're talking three, three and a half hour practices. So not always you get stuff done in a short amount of time, but the players and other people feel like they're going to have more energy towards the end of the season. And if you'll remember, a lot of the times, Southern Miss ran out of gas for the end of the season. So maybe that's a difference there. Uh, just until today, it's been dominated by the offense. But uh, today it seemed like, talking with my guys, it seems like the defense really uh, took a step forward today and had a really solid day of practice. You just There's a different swagger. There's a different uh, approach to camp. I'll tell you something that's really interesting was Coach Hall the other day doing the postgame presser literally had to stop and catch his breath because he was out of it. I mean, this man coaches so hard. He leaves it out on the practice field just as much as the players do. Shirt drenched with sweat. And uh, just uh, it, it's just a different atmosphere, and it seems to be going in the right direction. So you, you talk about offenses dominated uh, fall workouts so far. What have you been able to gleam as far as what kind of what kind of offense uh, Coach Hall is planning? Is this a run first then pass offense, or is it reverse like we see on so many college football teams? I think what you're going to have here is a uh, it's going to be a spread. I, I personally believe he's going to throw the ball a lot more than people think. I think Coach Hall's the type of coach that he takes his offense and molds it around the talent he has. He told me the reason he ran so much at Tulane is because the uh, coaches before him 
recruited heavy run game, uh, big running backs, uh, big, big offensive linemen, and that's what he had to deal with. And he put up good numbers here at Southern Miss. They kind of recruited to a spread, smaller wide receivers, maybe faster, can do more in space. And that's what he's going to, you know, mold his play calling to. I think they're going to throw it around a lot. I think they're going to run the ball. But I don't think you're going to – it's not going to be two yards a cloud of dust and throw the football. I think he's going to throw it on first down. I think you're going to see a lot of a lot more throwing from this Southern Miss team than you saw out of Tulane last year. One thing I've observed early on is it appears to me there is a, a much – greater degree of depth, size, and bulk on offensive line. Both the first team and second team offensive line, most of those guys are 300-plusers. Is that going to translate oh, uh, into more power running and better pass protection? Uh, yeah, and you've got two guys at Ian. Think of this. Takeem, right now, if they were to start, you would probably say uh, Dawson Washington – or at the tackles, and you're talking about two men that are 350 plus pounds. Arvin Fletcher is a 6'3, uh, 320 pound center, and then you got two guards in Foxy and Jaquan Scott that are, you know, 315 plus. You're talking about a big physical offensive line. And four guys actually outside that have played a lot. So you got an offensive line that has a lot of time under his belt. You got a guy in Arvin Fletcher playing center that has actually played all five positions. Really important. He knows what everybody's supposed to do. He has such a grasp of uh, the Coach Hall system now. And Coach Hall keeps talking about what type of leader he is. You better believe his offensive line this year is going to make a huge impact. And also, going into an offense, having a spring that you're able to practice. Last year, these guys didn't have a spring to implement the offense. They had a new offensive coordinator in had to come into camp. It was just a big-time problem. So, uh, you know, this season, I think having spring is going to be such a big difference this year Right for that reason. Yeah, no question. And that has been a problem in recent years. Also, what was a problem last year and some the year prior would be the defense giving up big, big plays. My observation as a fan was that one of the reasons they were giving up those big passes is because there was no pass rush on the quarterback. He had plenty of time to let the plays open up and uh, would throw the completions. Do you think we're going to see improvement in that area, defensive pressure on the quarterback and the ability to shut down those big plays? I think so. I think, you know, a lot of time last year, Southern Miss was pass rushing with a three-man front, if you remember. I think uh, getting another man in pass rush is going to help with that. Um, we'll see. But I do think they're probably going to have a little bit of uh, a little better pass rush this season. You know, you look at some of those guys' sites, and they, I think they're going to have another year under their belt. I think you're going to see a better pass rush. I really do. That defense started playing a lot better later in the season. And that came from the fact that they didn't, they had a lot of guys that they were breaking in and guys that had to play because of players sitting out and injury. So I think, you know, they started playing a lot better towards the end of the season. You look at that FAU game, they got after their quarterbacks pretty good. So going into this year, you hope that that momentum carries forward and they're able to do that going into 2021. 
Injury is always a major concern. Uh, any injuries so far uh, you're aware of in the uh, in the in the fall camp? Just uh, you know, they're a little thin at linebacker right now, but I think Maples will be okay. Uh, and I do know that Central uh, uh, Lake will get praised today, but no updates are given on that. Right. Uh, you'd agree, I'm sure. That's just so crucial. Oh, it's crucial. It's so crucial uh, for – it's so crucial for depth. And, look, it's so is not a team that can have a bunch of guys injured. They're going to need every player. They just don't have the depth that other teams do. Injury is so crucial. Right. Well, it does seem to be a new era, Heath. Uh, I, I just sense a lot of excitement among the fan base and, and guys that I know personally uh, – really hopeful that things are going to be much better. Uh, how much optimism should we have and keep a realistic cap on it at the same time? I think, you know, I think the over and under right now is five and a half. I think uh, looking at this season, you could see them getting over that. Um, could they do more things? Sure. I still think it's early in camp. But when you look at what Trey Lowe's been doing at quarterback, and he is definitely – separated himself, and as a leader, he is starting to separate himself on the field. So I think, you know, they could win six. They could they could win the West. It's just tough to tell in Conference USA right now. You, the people that are expected to win Conference USA never do, if you remember that. So we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, 45 seconds left. I, I read a publication from a sports writer up in the north part of the state, uh, obviously not that acquainted with Southern Miss, previewing all the colleges. He was talking about Trey Lowe might get beat out in the quarterback spot. I just I don't see that happening. I think we know who the starter is, right? No, yes, sir. It, there's no uh, there's no battle for the starter right now. If you want to say there's a battle, you could say there's a battle at number two. But as far as starter uh, – Trey Lowe has separated himself. He's a leader on the team. The players love him. I don't see a I don't see a situation to where he's going to be beaten out in fall camp. He just worked so hard this off season and done so well. And I, look at just look at him. He's gained uh, you know twenty pounds of muscle. And even when you just look at him, he just he's a more mature guy. Throws a great deep ball. I think he's one of those guys that could take a step and have a big year this year. All right, Heath, we appreciate your input every week on the Eagle Hour. Look forward to having you back on the show next week. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Todd Pinkston is right around the corner on the Eagle Hour. Don't go anywhere. To the Eagle Hour. All 
All right, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. We're about to connect with Todd Pinkston. Uh, dropped the call on him here just as we got ready to go on the air. I'm reconnecting now. Looking forward to talking to Todd Pinkston. Also want to thank Keith Hinton for joining us uh, in the opening segment of the show. Eagle Hour Broadcasting across the Super Talk Network, of course, and online. We're glad you're with us uh, wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. Going to be talking to Kelly Sander a little later in the program. Uh, Kelly's up at the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway. And uh, I think we have Todd with us right now. I think I got the connection uh, straight this time. Todd Pinkston, you're on the Eagle Hour. Are you with us? Yes, sir. I'm with you. How's it going today? Good, man. I apologize for that. That was uh, completely me dropping the phone call right when we went on the air. But we're glad to have you back. Always uh, always a great pleasure to talk to you, Todd. And uh, so how are things going? Uh, how's your uh, how's your personal life and professional life going? Well, everything's going fine. I'm just taking things day by day, uh, hour by hour, minute by minute. Uh, everything's going fine on my end right now. Well, good. I, I tell you one thing I wanted to talk to you. I always like love to talk to you about your NFL and Southern Miss career, but I know you, I'm sure you followed the Philadelphia Eagles. You had five really great years there. Uh, caught 184 passes, 2,800 yards, and 14 touchdowns. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And now, uh, Todd, there are two Golden Eagles up there trying to make that squad. Nick Mullins, Quez Watkins. Particularly interested in your thoughts about Quez Watkins. What does this kid have to do to make that roster and contribute to the Eagles organization in the same manner that you did? Well, uh, I think Quez will be fine. Uh, the biggest thing for Quez is just be himself. He don't have to uh, do too much and too less. The only thing he has to do is just progress, get better every day, and get better every year as he's in the, in the National Football League because uh, the biggest thing for us when I was in the, um, with the Eagles is, what have you done for me lately? That's the biggest uh, motto they have. So if he keeps continuing to do that, uh, he'll be fine. How tough is it on a on a kid like that to to be in that environment right now? Just if you can, kind of describe what the pressure's like and and what it's like to be in the shoes of a young man like that that's trying to get himself established uh, at that level of football. Well, first of all, you got to be uh, you got to be a professional for one. Uh, two, you just got to just like I said, you just got to be yourself. You got to work hard every day, do the little things, uh, stay out the practice, be the first one on, to be the last one to leave ask questions, take notes, and go out there and perform. You can't think. If you think too much, then uh, you, you won't be able to perform. But I think Quez has a, has a, has a bright future. Um, and I think that for the most part, he just got to go out there and just be himself. And then there's Nick Mullins vying to be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's had some success uh, in the NFL. Uh, what have you been able to learn about uh, his progress there? What do, you, what do you think his prospects are in Philadelphia? Well, I think it'd be I think it'd be fine up there. Uh, like I said, that 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 profession being being a professional as, as uh, Nick being, you know, from going, you know, from where he was there to where he's at now, he's learned to transition as as far as being a great backup and then becoming hopefully a starter uh, full time. Yeah, I think he will be great. You know, that's a great program, great organization. They give you a chance to be successful, and I think. Uh, Nick is heading to, in the right direction once he once he get on the field. Your thoughts, Todd. You're you're a, you're an Eagle alumnus. Uh, your thoughts of of when they let go to a let go of a coach that just a couple of years prior had taken them to the Super Bowl. Uh, like I said, <laughs> what have you done for me lately? But um, I, I know Doug well. He and I we 
we uh, text each other every week, and you know, I always tell him good luck, and uh, you know, it's just the nature of the business, you know. And I just think that um, this day and age, like I said, is what have you done for me lately? But I think he will be, he'll bounce back, he'll get a great job next year, and uh, hopefully, be successful from there. You know, but overall, but, go ahead. but overall, I think uh, Doug is one of those type of uh, coaches that, like you said, he loves his players, he's a player coach, and. And he come from a great regime. Todd, what does that say though that you can you can go win the Super Bowl and three years later if if you're not back, you're gone. It would seem like that that once once you accomplish that, it would seem like that gets you in a pretty stable position for a number of years, but not so, right? Well, you know, it goes to show you, you know, the NFL, National Football League, coaches nor players, you're not safe. <laughs> yeah. You're not safe until you're safe. So when you were playing, did you always have that feeling? I, I talking to a, I talked to a gentleman the other day that uh, is now the strength coach here at Southern Miss. Was uh, the strength coach at Alabama for a number of years, and he said that that at Alabama it was a little unique because every player on the field knew that if you didn't give your best effort every day, there was somebody just as good as you or close to you that would take your job. That's what it's like in the in the NFL, is it not, Todd? Did you did you ever have that feeling? Well, that's 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 a that's a that's a great example of what I was about to express. Well, because you know you think about it, that's why they had a draft. They drafted somebody in your position every year. So if you're not performing up to uh, expectations, guess what? That next person they drafted, they're going they're going to look to take your place. So my approach was, you know, you got to really beat me out to take my job. And mm-hmm. and and that was kind of a hard thing to do. That's one of the things that um, when you're in National Football League for any position, somebody's been drafted in your in your position every year, and then you just gotta uh, hold up the expectation. And I think guys have to realize that regardless of your first round, second round, third round. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's obviously so. I, I want to take you back a few years. I, I was thinking this morning when I was getting ready for the show about. Uh, the years that I followed you, and, and, and you, you played with another great wide receiver, Sherrard Gideon. Uh, I don't think we ever had a better tandem of, uh, of wide receivers back in those days. When you look back on those days, Todd, what, what, are the, what are the best memories that come to your mind? Well, I just, I just say my, our freshman year. Our freshman year, that's when uh, we came in in 95, and actually, uh, that year, I think our defense was number ranked number one in the country as far as uh, defense wise. And we've been on, we got redshirted. We've been on scout team going against those guys, and us making plays against them, having fun with 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 them against them. I think that made us a better uh, tandem because we was out there on the scout team that made that we pushed them to the max, but also then realized to a, a year later when we became starters that. That made us better. So um, I think our freshman year and uh, leading up to our, our senior year, uh, going out being a uh, uh, Conference USA champion as far well as uh, Little Bowl champion as well. Right. So when you would break the huddle, go out, grab your position wide out, and you'd look across the field, the other wide out is Sherrard Gideon. That that had to be good to have a to have a buddy that good uh, on the other side of the field because. How how in the world could they possibly cover both of you every play? Well, that that was a joy. That was a joy that we had. Uh, as far as our goal was to be the the, the best wide receiver, individual, be the best wide receiver that we can be. 
and by us having that, that expectation as far as uh, coming in in the same class, well, we was compete for we was compete for well, positions. Well, if he his expectation was to be the best receiver that he can be in college, and myself be the best receiver I can be in college, that made everything connect. Once we start uh, getting our offense rolling, and then now all of a sudden, once we had our running game, you don't know who to double Rashard or myself, Sherrod or myself. Uh, then that makes us that much dangerous. Do you stay in touch with Gerard Gideon and a lot of your former teammates from those teams, Tom? Yeah, yes, sir. I, I stay in contact with Sherrod a whole lot. Um, actually, he just got a new head coaching job. Um, um, at, I think it was like Yazoo. Right. Yazoo County. So, um, yeah, I keep in contact with those guys here and there periodically. And uh, that's a great thing to, that about our class coming in and out of fire that uh, we always – try to keep in touch with each other for the most part. This may be an impossible question to answer, uh, but when you've had success at every level, college, the NFL, what are the fondest memories? Are they your years playing for the Golden Eagles or are they being, you know, a star receiver for Philadelphia and playing in the Super Bowl? Oh, man, that was, that's, a, that's a difficult question, but it's an easy question for me. I can go back to my high school year, like uh, every level I played on, you know, I won two state championships in high school at Forest High School. I won three out of the four conference championships when I was in college, and I actually um, won the NFC championship game uh, in National Football League. So every level that I've been on, I've gotten it, gotten the ring. But the most uh, fun sport I had um, was in, in college because I got a chance to um, I got a chance to you know meet some guys that I never knew, but um, Coming in together and 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 everybody had that one come and go. It made that much made that much funner for us to be uh, on one accord. Right. All right. Fifteen seconds left, Todd. Let our listeners know where you are, what you're doing right now. Uh, right now, I'm the uh, I'm the associate head coach at Stockbridge High School at Overhead, Georgia. Uh, special team coordinator and a wide receiver coach over here. Um, trying to do something. Um, that the school haven't done that just to win as a state championship in the high school. Well, with your lineage, I think they got a pretty good chance, Todd Pinkston. Uh, we appreciate you very much, man. You're always welcome on this show, and I'm always grateful that you have the time to talk to us. Well, I thank y'all for having me on. Just uh, whenever you want me back on, just you know how to get in contact with me. <laughs> All right, Todd. Thank you, buddy. Yes, thanks for having me. Todd Pinkston, everybody. One of the great Golden Eagles of all time. NFL star, Super Bowl participant. You heard him, won an NFC championship ring, three Conference USA championships, two state titles. (laughs) Not a bad resume for Todd Pinkston. Southern Miss to the top. You know, a special thanks to Todd Pinkston for joining us as new job as an associate head coach in uh, high school football uh, over in Georgia. And what a great player he was. Kelly Sanders with me. Kelly's up at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Indianapolis. Kelly, I know you remember the great Todd Pinkston. He was like a, a long, thin lightning bolt running up and down the field. Yeah, and he really, you know, a lot of people would look at would look at him physically and say that guy's going to get torn up. You know, he just he wasn't really a big physical guy, but you know, you can't 
you can't hit what you can't catch, right? <laughs> and and so, uh, he would have to outrun everybody. And amazing for as small as he was weight wise, he was very durable. Right. You know, so he really broke a lot of the molds. He didn't fit any of the prototypes, um, but all he did was perform. Right. And uh, isn't it nice to be judged on not how you look, but how you perform, as Reggie Collier said a couple of weeks ago. Right. Right here on this show. It was really interesting talking to him, Kelly, and I was asking him about uh, Quez Watkins and Nick Mullins and their attempt to, you know, to make the team up at Philadelphia and have an impact. And, uh, you know, he said they have a they have a really simple slogan at Philadelphia. What have you done for me lately? And it applies uh, from the uh, from the rookie on trying to make the team to, as we know, the head coach, Doug Peters, who, what, three years prior, won the Super Bowl and then dumped by the Eagles. And and here and here now these former Eagles, Quez Watkins and Nick Mullins, are trying to become professional Eagles. Right. Albeit the Philadelphia kind. It was funny on the way up here to Indianapolis uh overnight, uh Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, I, I passed a moving company and I don't I don't really know the name of the moving company, but their slogan because it was written all over the truck, and with a moving company it would make sense, but their slogan was anywhere Anytime, any you know, anyone, <laughs> yeah. anywhere, anytime, or whatever. Yeah. And I thought, hey, now Southern Miss ought to go to court like Iowa did, right? You know, right. <laughs> get that moving company to stop that slogan, or at least get some money out of it. But I thought, hey, maybe the Southern Miss slogan is is catching catching on across the country. But you know, you mentioned Todd Pinkston being now a high school coach, Bob, and things are really looking ominous now um, for the state of the high school football season, you know, coming up, it's scheduled scheduled to start here just any day now. And with uh, Governor Reeves now declaring a state of emergency and 4,412 new cases of COVID, a lot of them with younger people, uh, it just it just looks ominous at best as far as the, the high school football season going forward. The MHSAA did make a statement late uh, last week, early this week, that if, if students are virtual, because of COVID, meaning that they're being taught, you know, at home via computer and so on, that they cannot participate in any extracurricular activities. But the thing that I'm just not really clear on is, is what if a student wanted to go to school, but the school itself said, no, we're, we're, right. we're going to go virtual, you know, that the student couldn't make that choice themselves. So needless to say, this is just going to this is going to be a real cloudy and murky beginning to the high school football season, and some of the some of the schools across the Super Talk Mississippi network have already canceled or postponed or pushed back uh, the first week schedule of high school football, and and because football is the way it is, it's not a, it's not a sport that you can play three or four games a week. So when these games get canceled, it, it, in all likelihood, they're not going to get made up. Right. So. Here we go again. Presbyterian uh, Christian School that we broadcast on our Hattiesburg Super Talk station uh, has canceled their game. Scheduled to kick off the season tomorrow night, push it back to mid-September. I don't know that that's COVID-related, but, you know, anytime you hear that, you wonder. I know there were a couple of guys uh, at football camp today at Southern Miss, didn't practice. Uh, rumor has it that may have been the reason uh, – I'm not sure, but uh, you're right, man. 4,000-plus cases. And, Kelly, I was reading last night that over 95% of the infections are people who are not vaccinated. 
Yeah, I, I hate that. Um, and and again, it's a you know it's a real tough line to walk because you don't want your freedoms infringed upon. But the one thing I think we have to remember that we really don't talk about a whole lot is that we're all in this together. And if and if we're going to live in America in a in a free society, we have to respect other people as well. So whether you know, no matter how you feel about the vaccine, you do have a responsibility to other Americans to not infect them. Right. Right. It's 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 also about your safety. But we're all in this together. And if I can do something to stop other people from getting infected, I'm going to do it. Anyway, um, we we all kind of know what that's all about. In other news today, Bob, uh, Art Bryles, the former beleaguered coach at Baylor, has been cleared by the NCAA of all charges and all allegations. They are now that they have been proven false. So Art Bryles, who, you know, was under the microscope at Southern Miss because when Jay Hobson was the coach, Hobson, there was a, were stories that Jay Hobson was contemplating bringing on Art Bryles as an offensive consultant or an offensive coordinator. But because of the microscope that he was under at the time, the university didn't want to take that chance. Well, now that has been cleared. Art Bryles is doing you know, some other things at, at smaller levels of, of football, but now should be cleared to get back into the college game if somebody uh, would what a school would make that decision because the NCAA has cleared Art Bryles of all charges. And how and different have, would things have been, Kelly, had he come here as the offensive coordinator? Would uh, would the Jay Hobson regime have turned out differently? You have to believe probably so. Probably so, but then you'd also think once this investigation took place and he was cleared, it would only be a matter of time that he would you know, move on to greener pastures. So, so it might have been different for a year, but but maybe uh, a year only. So, where do, where are we with the Will Hall uh, administration as it, as it takes over? Well, we haven't even played one game of college football yet, Bob, and there's already predictions out there about the postseason bowl. Oh, schedule. please, please! <laughs> and Southern Miss is nowhere to be found. The Golden Eagles getting no love anywhere in any of these prognostications as far as postseason bowls. FIU, Louisiana Tech, Florida Atlantic, Western Kentucky, and, of course, the two favorites in the league, Marshall and UTSA, better do something this year because I have never seen so much love going to a school that hasn't played a game this year, but really didn't have a great season last year. Did you mention so I, UAB? It was UAB I, okay? Yeah, I did mention. Yeah, I did okay. mention U, UAB and BYU are projected to go to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport. <laughs> so, and again, we haven't haven't played a snap yet. Right. But but this plays right into the uh, you know right into the narrative that Will Hall and his staff have been using is look nobody nobody thinks we're any good. Right. Nobody is expecting anything. So, so what do you have to lose? You know, go in there and upset some teams. And incidentally, one of the teams that Southern Miss plays early in the season, Troy, is on the preseason bowl list as a team that, that will earn a bowl invitation at the end of the year. So we'll see how that goes. But I mean, And Iowa State is projected to be playing in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia. We only mention that because that's where I went. And your Washington football team will begin the preseason uh, tonight. tonight. Right. Yes, playing the New England Patriots. You've heard of them. They're, they've been in all the papers. They're pretty the good. Tw- yeah, they've been in the last 20 years. They've been in a lot of newspaper uh, articles. Mm-hmm. 
So the National Football League season uh, underway. I'm gonna take. Let me take you back to something real quickly, Kelly. You mentioned that about Southern Miss getting no love. I was talking to Joe Bryant this morning. You know who that is. And, I do. I uh, do. And, and Joe made a really interesting comment to me. He said, "You know, it seems like whenever we're predicted to do really well, we don't do that. But whenever we're predicted, you know, to finish low or in the middle of the pack or given no respect, we stand up and surprise people. I think there's a, a lot of legitimacy to that." in the history of the program, and, and I think probably the new coaching staff is going to use that to their advantage this year. Well, it goes right into what they've been saying. Look, you, you, you are guys, you know, they talk to their players, you are guys that none of the quote-unquote big schools wanted. Okay, so that kind of puts a chip on their shoulder. I'm going to prove them wrong, right? Southern Miss has always been known as blue-collar, hard-working guys that do their talking on the field. And I think, I think Joe's right, and I think you're right. I think this can play into Southern Miss's narrative really well. I mean, Western Kentucky's projected to be going to the Bahamas, Florida, Atlantic to Orlando. That wouldn't be much of a trip for them. They're scheduled to, uh, or at least projected to take on Western Michigan. Of course, all this is just for fun. Like I say, we haven't even had a snap yet. Louisiana Tech slated in these projections to play Louisiana Lafayette. Wouldn't that be something? At the New Orleans Bowl. Mm. Yeah. And if that were the case, um, I think they're going to run out of beer. Uh, <laughs> in the first half. <laughs> even even in New Orleans, right? Uh, Marshall Marshall's projected to take on Coastal Carolina in Myrtle Beach. UTSA projected to play Houston at the Frisco Bowl and Florida International to take on Tulane in the Gasparilla. Again, these are all projections. Uh, always Always fun to kind of see where they shake out. But once again... Southern Miss not listed anywhere. No love for the Eagles. So let's get out there and prove something. All right. Kelly Sander is in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're going to hold him over to the last segment and find out what in the world is he doing there. So if you're wondering what Kelly's up to, stick around. We'll tell you on the other side of this Steely Dan music and a short break. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank our good friends at uh, Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net for their support. Uh, I'm going to talk to Kelly. Maybe you can get Kathleen uh, on the show next week. I promised her a return visit, and we've just been so booked up, Kelly. Uh, she's always a great interview and a great lady. And also, 4th Street Bar and Grill, which you get the eight ninety five plate lunch. You know what tomorrow is, don't you, Sander? It's Catfish Friday at Four Street Bar and Grill, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, and somebody somebody was asking me about the catfish. They said, "Well, it, catfish is catfish." I said, "The fish itself is farm-raised Mississippi catfish, which we all know how good that is. And one Mississippi farm catfish is as good as the next. But what makes Fourth Street different is the breading, and they right. won't tell anybody. That's like a highly guarded secret <laughs> as to what the breading is all about. It's it's it's." Sealed in an envelope on the front porch of Funkin' Wagnalls. And, <laughs> and, 
And you understand that joke. I understand but, uh, that completely. I'm glad Luke's yeah. not here. That one would have zoomed right over the top of his head. Yeah, but, but that's that's the key to the, the taste of the great catfish at 4th Street is that breading. Right. So, um, and what a great yeah. place, man, for Southern Miss uh, memorabilia and Southern Miss trivia. And you can just take a journey through the history of Southern Miss athletics. Also, another great sponsor, Kelly. I know you've been there, uh, D1, DBAT. Uh, we're really fortunate to have that kind of training facility here in Hattiesburg. What were your impressions when you were there that day? The magnitude, the size of the facility, at one thing. And then the second thing is, is whether you want to work small or work large, meaning if you just want to do individual training, if you want to bring your whole team in there, they can accommodate anything. The pitching machines that they have, both uh, softball and baseball, can be programmed to throw fastballs, change-ups, curveballs. You know, so if you're having difficulty hitting any particular kind of pitch, you know, the machines can set up to do that. But mainly, this is the time of year where baseball and softball players start to get better. All right, you can only take so many ground balls, but you got to get stronger, you got to get faster, you got to get quicker in the off season, and this is the time to start doing that. Right. So it's it's all part of a year round, uh, you know, process, and they and they've got it covered for you there. All right, all right, Kelly. The question of the day is: the, the Indianapolis five hundred is over. Right. What in the world are you doing back in Indianapolis? Well, number number one, Bob, it's going to be bright sunshine and the high in the upper seventies. <laughs> <laughs> That's one reason. Okay. <laughs> Number one, two, and three is that. Uh, it's been beastly hot, obviously, there. Um, but the, the second IndyCar race of the year uh, up here is the Grand Prix, and it'll be the IndyCars, and they will run the road course, which is not the oval like the Indianapolis 500 is, but they, they've reworked the track to where there will be some sharp turns and some short, you know, short runs and long runs, but it'll be uh, a road course. You know, kind of like you're going through the downtown streets. They were in Nashville last weekend, but they'll use the Indianapolis Motor Speedway course and reroute it. And then there's two of the uh, two of the stock car races. The Xfinity Series will run on Saturday night under the lights. Tommy Joe Martins, who is from uh, Mississippi, will run in the in the that series, the Xfinity Series, on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, the NASCAR, the Cup guys, come in here. And one of those guys is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. from Olive Branch. He'll be here racing uh, the NASCARs. So um, great chance to take in three big races all in one weekend. And then um, Lord willing, we'll drive over Sunday night, get back Monday morning, and get back to the Eagle Hour next Monday when uh, Luke Johnson will rejoin us. And we will be continuing the countdown to football season 2021, getting ready to make my trip down to South Alabama. I think I'm going to go down there Friday, get ready to, you know, uh, tailgating for me for the Saturday night game will begin with uh, breakfast. We'll just say breakfast <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on Saturday morning. And then uh, breakfast will continue in a different form right. uh, you know, throughout the day and then get ready for that 7 o'clock kickoff in South Al. And I hope, I really hope that a lot of Southern Miss fans are going to make that trip, that short trip to Mobile, and really get behind the guys in Coach Hall and let them know that, we're behind them, even if they're on the road. If there's any way you can make some of these trips, you know, please do, because it'll mean a lot to these guys. Man, they are they are really working hard and busting their tails. Uh, clearly, it was the South Alabama game last year when South Alabama opened the year by beating Southern Miss that led to the departure of the football coach then. Uh, this is a pretty good matchup, though, Kelly. This will, this will be a good measuring stick for the Golden Eagles, but not a, not a game where they would have no chance of winning or very little chance uh, like Alabama, but uh, – 
a really good opportunity, I think, to uh, to put this plan on the field and see how it works out, and at the same time have a real competitive chance to win. And so many, so many subtext stories in this game. In that Kane Womack, the new head coach at South Alabama, played at Southern Miss, played prep football at Oak Grove High School. You know, just west of Hattiesburg, he married an Oak Grove girl. His dad, Dave Womack, was a former defensive coordinator at Southern Miss. And there was a segment of the population. Now, look, make no mistake, everybody is on the Will Hall bandwagon now. But before he was hired, there was a lot of, the, a lot of folks that really wanted Kane Womack to get the Southern Miss job. So there's, there's so much. There's going to be a lot of Southern Miss flavor, even on the South Alabama sideline. And I just think I just think this has the makings to be a great season opener. Are you saying that Kane Womack will want to win that game, Kelly? Is that what I'm hearing you say? I'd say that's an understatement. <laughs> I, I would think that that. And look, Kane Womack knows what Southern Miss is all about. Right. God, right. nobody knows the, the Southern Miss culture like he does. Right. So, so, and you know that he's selling that to his guys this week. Look, you guys. Even though Southern Miss isn't projected to play in a bowl game, they don't have a lot of guys on these preseason watch lists. I, you know, Kane Womack should be saying, I played there, I know what it's about, and if you're not ready to get your teeth knocked out, you better get, you better get ready, because you will, trust me, on, on Sunday, you will know that you played Southern Miss. We're All right. What the, what the score winds up. Kelly Santa for Indianapolis, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.